Hi, this is Dan Sullivan. I'd like to welcome you to the Multiplier Mindset Podcast. Today, I've got a really amazing free zone transformation story, but I have to tell you, I've seen this story before. It's personal because the man who cuts my hair, his name is Kim Du, and he's in Toronto. He was born in South Vietnam. His family was politically on the wrong side. Kim, on his own, tried to escape when he was 14, 15, 16, and 17. And the first three years, he was captured. Sometimes they were firing shots at him. And then he got out, but he had to walk across two countries. Very dangerous. Cost him a lot. And when you listen and watch our story, our interview with How, you'll see that they had such extraordinary things that they had to do just to escape from a really bad place in terms of where they wanted their life to go and where their parents wanted to go, that when there's the kind of hardship that North Americans are going through right now, or Europeans are going through, this is not real hardship. And they've learned how to transform difficulty and they've learned how to transform obstacles. Because, you know, I mean, they arrive with nothing, essentially. They have no reputation. They have no credentials. They have no money. You know, they have no friends. They have no reputation. And it's all got to be created. So I've often thought that entrepreneurs are kind of immigrants, you know, that the closest people to entrepreneurs are people who are immigrants because you have to leave everything behind and start new. And that's the beautiful thing about Howe's story here. The other thing is that it makes you appreciate what means the most to you, so much so that you can actually create your life out of it. So first of all, uh, my name is Howe Lam. I live in Seattle, Washington. I have two companies. I have a franchise company called Best in Class Education Center. We tutor math and English K to 12th grade. Pandemic hit, we had to close in the middle of it. Because of the thing that I learned because of the pivot, I start another company several months ago. It's called Adaptively Education. It's in a similar field as education, but it's an ed tech company, education technology company. It's a newborn baby. We're super excited about the growth. A little bit of my background, I was born and raised in Vietnam at the age of seven. North Vietnam took over the South. That is April 30th, 1975. That's the fall of Saigon. I remember vividly that was the day my father disappeared. So he was in the military, fought alongside with the U.S. Army. So we thought he was dead, but he did not. He was captured. He was one of the POW. Thankfully, he showed up a year later. And first thing he told me, he said, how you need to leave the country. This is not the place for you to show up. Imagine looking at an AU and tell him to leave the country. I did not know what that means. So long story short, for the next 12 years, I did not do anything but try to escape from Vietnam. Now, I hated school because it was communist propaganda, so I did not go to school. So I basically quit school at the age of eight or nine years old. My mother was a school teacher. So she had a math teacher and a Chinese teacher. I'm Chinese, born in Vietnam. So she had a Chinese teacher and a math teacher to come to our house once a week. That was my formal education. It took me 12 years with everything that going on, right? Shot at, jail, near-death experience. At the age of 20, I finally made it in the Philippine refugee camp where I learned my very first written English 
written language that English. I learned the alphabet. I learned all this stuff. So it's pretty funny that now I own a tutoring empire. We have 65 locations in 12 states. I mean, education, but I was basically illiterate. I learned my first written language at the age of 20. So it's never too late to transform. So that was my backstory. The reason why I was in education is that because I was uneducated, I was so passionate. I graduated high school at the age of 23 and I finished college at the UBC at the age of 27. And I feel that education is my calling. So in 1995, I moved down from Vancouver to Seattle and opening my first tutorings. And I did not know what I got myself into. I was just very passionate about doing something like every entrepreneur, right? You have grandmother's secret, secret chicken wing recipe and you open a chicken wing store, right? And then I was so passionate. And then of course it took 27 years for me to actually build my company. So that was a, a short version of my story. I grew up in the worst neighborhood in Vietnam. My mom was a school teacher. My dad was in the military. So he was always not home. So my grandmother raised me and then we have a grocery store in front of our house. When we think about grocery store, you think about Cougar, Safeway, no. We're just a little tiny area and then we sell rice by the cup. We sell soy sauce by the spoon. So, but I learned it from my grandma because I was helping her when I was little. And then when I start the tutoring company, I thought it was just me loving to teach. I think a lot of entrepreneurs just like me without knowing what I got myself into. And of course, looking back, it was super scary, right? If I can turn back the clock, I never regret, but like I wouldn't do it, right? I don't even know what is a PL statement. And I did not get paid for the first two years. Luckily, I have a lovely wife whom I met on the love boat. She supported me, right? My book also is a love story. So I met her on a love boat. We fell in love in the refugee camp and all this stuff. But like she supported me. I was chasing my passion, but I was so passionate about teaching. And I didn't know anything outside of teaching. And because I was so passionate about what I do, people actually believe in me. I couldn't even speak English back then, right? But you don't need a lot of English to teach math, right? But I can understand and then I improve, right? I study English, I read a lot of books, I watch a lot of TV, I spoke a lot. So that's how I started. But slowly, my one-person team become, oh, maybe someone need help in English. So I did a survey because I couldn't afford another teacher. I was teaching by myself. When the money came in, I pay rent and pay all the expense and that's it. But I didn't know that I wasn't getting paid because I was so passionate. And then slowly I hired a teacher and slowly it became a business. And then I learned slowly how to put a great team together, how to build a system. And of course, we all know that in order to have a franchise business, you have to have a very solid SOP, right? Standard operating system with the system in place and all this stuff. So one step at a time, right? My overnight success only take 27 years. In the middle of the pandemic, like at the end of March and beginning of April, all our location has to be closed due to social distancing. So we were trying to put a learning management system together, the LMS, 
they help the franchisee work with the parent, with the student, without a physical brick and mortar location. And then the light bulb went on. Can we do this without a brick and mortar location? With the technology, the answer is yes. Can we do that without selling franchise? The answer is yes, because I can have a student in Hawaii and my teacher in Montana or even Washington. We still heavily support our franchisee. We have 60 plus locations in 12 states. Some of them already open a day or two. They are still on the new platform, right? They work on a new platform, but we are not selling franchise anymore because with the new technology, with the ad tech company, we are able to knock the borders, knock the territory down, knock down the state. Right. Even knocked out the country. If someone in Singapore want to learn, we have no problem delivering a similar service. The teacher is U.S. based, you know, with the math and English. So that is my ed tech company is coming out of COVID. Without COVID, my ed tech company wouldn't be born. When we build that, we just want to survive. But like, how are we going to scale it? So that it thrive? Look at strategic code. When I sign up about a year, ago, it was in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, EO2 of my phone may join strategic code. I heard about it and I, I still remember my buddy, his name is Stan Roger, right? He's in the, the program. He said, how I recommend you to do this. And I was a little hesitant and said, and then you know what he said? He said, okay, I want you to join. One year later, if you don't get the value, I'll write you a check. I'll personally write you a check in the amount that you pay strategic code, right? Like, I hope that all our customers are like Dan. Dan is a raving fan of strategic code and Zenamai, right? So anybody want to have a coaching and all that, I highly recommend strategic code too, because I benefit so greatly from the program. Even after 25, 26 years in business, I had multiple mentors. I was in different coaching programs and all that. And I am enjoying it. That's why I renew and I learn a lot, right? One tool at a time. There are so many tools in Dan's toolbox that I'm able to pull out and use on a regular basis. One thing that resonates with me the most is taking time off, right? Sujito so called it a free day. 25 years in business, I am on 24-7. I don't have a day off. It is around the clock. When I'm with my family, I'm using my cell phone. It was so shameful. But when you were in it, you don't feel it, right? Learning how to allocate a free day is so critical for me, right? When I first joined, like, what is a free day? What is that supposed to be? Oh, it's one day that you don't do any work, but like spend quality time with your friends and family or even for yourself. So slowly, I start with one free day and then two free days. Right, Saturday and Sunday. And I'm proud to admit that starting July of this year, I have three free days. My team know that I don't work Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Although they all know that I cheat a little bit, but like I have no work schedule on it. As an entrepreneur, we have so many ideas every single day, right? Like just bouncing it to the team and overwhelming the team. And one of the tools that I learned from Dan is so impactful is that it's called the impact filter, right? Like you probably know that it is just a decision making tool. So before I ask my team to do something, I actually answer some of the questions. It is worth moving forward. 
it is important, it is urgent. What is the ROI, right? Once I write everything down and half of the time I couldn't even convince myself, yeah, bad idea, let's park it. And then if I pass myself, then I'll forward it to my team. Hey, what do you think of this? And then they made a few more key points. Whether they support it now or we're going to park it is a good idea, but we don't have the bandwidth. At least we have a, a healthy conversation. These are some of the examples that I use that I benefit from strategic code. I mean, this is just the top two that I use very, very frequently. Not only I use it, I introduce my tool to my leadership team, also introduce my tool to my franchisee, right? I benefit this. Hey, this is what I'm doing, right? Like, I highly recommend you to take a look, try it out, see if you like it. Yeah. So I'm spreading the word. Three and a half years ago, I would love to share my story. So I published my own story. It's my lifeline. It is my journey. A street kid, a very, very bad kid, grew up in the worst neighborhood in Vietnam, going through the communist regime, more than 10 escaped and finally made it to the Philippines, and then went to high school in Canada, finished college, and then start my entrepreneurial journey. It is my lifeline. It was published about three and a half years ago. Of course, I'm planning my second book. That's a continuation of the first story, but it's a true story. It's also a love story. I met this beautiful woman on a love boat. She spoke four languages and I wrote none. So she was like above the sea level, I was underneath. So I didn't know how I was able to impress and, and go after her, but I actually studied very hard. So that's what she motivated me to study. And now we are celebrating our 28th anniversary. So anything is possible, right? If there's a will, that's a way. In two years, it'll be 50 years since I became an entrepreneur. And I just so appreciate how story for everybody else to listen to. You know, anytime you think you're having a rough time as an entrepreneur, just get how story out and you'll feel that what you're going through isn't such a big deal. And the other thing, just to realize how different his beginning was from yours, but here's a kindred spirit. You know, entrepreneurs are really kindred spirit. Entrepreneurs in one part of the world understand entrepreneurs in another part of the world. Different culture, you understand them. Different language, you understand them. Different profession, you understand them. And so it's just a treat for us to capture this. And he was so willing to share his story with us. So excited that we're able to share his story with you. Mm -hmm.